This episode of the Abiding Together podcast is brought to you by scapulars.com. Scapulars.com offers the most durable and comfortable scapulars in the world. This much-needed innovation on a centuries-old sacramental was launched in 2019. The founder, Steve, was tired of replacing cheap, flimsy scapulars for him and his family. Not only did the poor-quality scapulars break far too easily, but they also irritated his children's skin and felt more like a hair shirt than a constant reminder of Our Lady's gentle protection. So Steve decided it was time to take matters into his own hands, and scapulars.com was born. All of their scapulars are made of super strong paracord and super soft Australian merino wool. So it's as comfy as it is tough. In fact, if a scapular breaks within seven years, they'll replace it for free. Plus, most sizes include a secret pocket so you can safely store your sacred metals without wearing out the cord. It's no wonder that they already have more than a thousand five-star reviews. Plus, every time a scapular is purchased, Steve gives one away to a person in need. Visit scapulars.com to learn more and check out with two or more scapulars and your whole order will ship for free. Hi, friends, and welcome to season 11 of the Abiding Together podcast. Abiding Together is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement in your journey with Jesus Christ. Hi, my name is Sister Miriam James Heidland, and every week I'm joined by two of my very dearest friends, Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger, and we talk about all things Christ, about life, about beauty, about sorrow. We laugh, we cry, you'll fit right in. (laughs) So grab a cup of coffee, settle in, and welcome home. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Abiding Together podcast, and welcome to part three of our series on identity, which is the identity of bride. I like this one. Yeah. I like it a lot. (laughs) It's going to be a good one. Well, it always is. It always is. It always is. I mean, I like this bride series Mm -hmm. we're doing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Me too. That's good. Mm -hmm. It's open to like a lot of different facets to it. Mm -hmm. You you never know. So we've talked about free love. We've talked about freedom. Free love. And (laughs) not not that kind of freedom. (laughs) (laughs) Ain't nothing like that, girl. That's not not what we're talking about, (laughs) listeners. Just FYI. Okay. (laughs) Abiding Together took a turn. (laughs) (laughs) Season 11. Sorry. It's after lunch, people. We're getting a little crazy. It's okay. It's okay. This is a slap happy hour. We've been at it long, long here. So for the title for our episode today is Faith and honoring love. And so we've been using the statements of intention for the marriage ceremony for the Catholic Church. And this statement of intention says, will you love and honor your intended spouse for the rest of your life? Okay. So I'm just going to let you guys think about that, (laughs) the two of you. And I'll read our, uh, I will read our gospel, our scripture passage for our time together. So once again, we're we're spending time with the same scripture passage for all four uh, episodes of this series. Mm -hmm. And so we've been reading from Genesis. So I'll again read from Genesis chapter 2, verses 18 to 25. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper as his partner. So out of the ground the Lord God formed every animal of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all cattle and to the birds of the air and to every animal of the field. But for the man, there was not found a helper as his partner. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and he slept. Then he took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, 
This one at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. This one shall be called woman, for out of her man this one was taken. Therefore a man leaves his father and his mother and clings to his wife, and they become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Michelle, would you like to start us off today? On wherever you feel the Holy Spirit leading you to go? I think this is um, just such an important topic to talk about. To keep in the um, perspective that we were talking about, like, okay, mm-hmm. the wounds of love also, that love is something that can pierce us, mm-hmm. and it is beautiful, and it is what heals us. But also, there's we are hurt in relationships. We're healed in relationships, but we're also hurt mm-hmm. in relationships. So what are some of the wounds that we— um, experience in this union. Mm-hmm. Keeping in mind, though, by Christ's wounds, we are healed. Mm-hmm. And the wounds that are um, that we are afflicted for in relationship and communion, there's always can be a repair, a redemption, a restoration. You know, and the Lord is always calling us back into deeper communion with Him. Mm-hmm. And that we continued, like um, I said in the last podcast, to lean in and love even when it's hard. Mm-hmm. So just to go through that lens of when we talk about that. But um, for someone to hurt us deeply, we have to be intimately and vulnerably, mm-hmm. you know, in communion and connection mm-hmm. with them, mm-hmm. you know, and allow them to hurt us. And so for me, I think one of the biggest areas of woundedness that I've experienced, actually, I don't know if they specifically have been by, you know, the other person, but it had been my perceived notion of the other person. Like mm-hmm. I was always bracing myself, armoring up. Mm-hmm. I was always waiting for something to happen you know, before they even did happen, you know, or I made assumptions of the other person Mm -hmm. and was just expecting, or, you know, or I was um, suspicious of intentions Mm -hmm. or motives more so than the actual actions, you know. And for me, like, it's been more hurt feelings or something Mm -hmm. like that Mm -hmm. than just these, you know, um, huge woundedness in marriage. Yeah. So just looking through it in that lens, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and realizing like my own part in the woundedness and more so I think I've been more aware probably in the last year of my marriage not um where the focus is flipped where not I have not looked upon where have I been wounded but where I have wounded Ooh. which has mm-hmm. been a big part for me to take responsibility mm-hmm. you know in that part because I would think I was always bracing myself not to get hurt that I wasn't actually looking like hey you're part of this too and you're actually hurting others yeah. <laughs> also mm-hmm. you know and taking that responsibility so mm-hmm. yeah what about you? That's big. That, and that takes some security. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. in the relationship to even acknowledge that, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to come to grips with that and then, you know, go through the repentance process. Um, yeah. Marriage has been hard. I mean, it's been yeah. really good too. Like we have three beautiful children and mm-hmm. so many beautiful memories and fun experiences mm-hmm. together and building life together um, from when we got married when we were at university. And so there's just like so much in there over the mm-hmm. course of 20 years. But yeah, I can honestly say it's been a very hard road for us. Mm-hmm. And I, I mentioned in the last episode, we kind of have the perfect storm of our wounds and how mm-hmm. they fit together mm-hmm. in a really painful way. Mm-hmm. Like we can trigger each other so hard and so deep um, that, yeah, it's been a constant struggle in that way of like feeling like we're at odds with each other or we are uh, sort of enemies to each other, like antagonists, like you're one that I need to defend myself against. Mm -hmm. And some of those things are 
real. Like there's real wounds that one another, we've given one another, but some of them are from before, you know, that like, I know for Jake, like he's looked at me through the lens of other people and his other women in his life that have hurt him. And I'm, you know, I can say I'm not that person, (laughs) but that, that doesn't do the trick. Like it Mm -hmm. it has to take time Mm -hmm. and for love to come into those places and heal in, Mm -hmm. in a way. I mean, it's, it's very complicated what we bring to the table when we come into communion Mm -hmm. with another person, Mm -hmm. when we're trying to come into communion, we can trigger each other, but there's also a whole history that we come with, you know, Mm -hmm. like there are some wounds that happened, you know, from Jake towards me early on in our marriage in regards to, you know, he really struggled with pornography and, um, we've talked about this on this podcast before at various times, but, but that, and that wound was very, very difficult for me. It completely shattered me and broke yeah. my heart and the infidelity of that sin that just gets, you know, exposed. Mm-hmm. It's so, so painful on so many levels. And I know this is unfortunately a common experience for a lot of women, but as I continued to do my own work in the following years, like I had to deal with that hurt, but then also realize that was also exposing hurt from a lot of other men in my life previous to that. So like I couldn't put that all on Jake. Like I had to be able to like dissect and take apart some of those things and really have an Mm -hmm. honest look at how, what I was already bringing to the table, Mm -hmm. wounds that maybe I put on him as his Mm -hmm. fault, you know, that it was a greater weight that a lot of those things held. And he's like, what the heck, why are you reacting like this to other things? And I'm like, yeah, we got to take responsibility for all of that. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's intricate. These parts, we have to be very, sensitive with ourselves, tender with ourselves, but also not stay in those places too. Mm -hmm. There has to be some movement and even little movement is good, Mm -hmm. I've realized. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. yeah, how about you, sister? Well, it's true. The closer somebody is to you, the deeper ability they have to love you and the deeper ability they have to wound you, which is why I think for a lot of us, our second nature is just to be very guarded and to be very distant because it just seems safer. And But then you don't have also the deep intimacy either because you, you like we talked about before, you can't signal, um, selectively numb things. And I, I just remember many years ago, Dr. Bob Schutz was doing a, a follow-up to a marriage conference. And I wasn't at the original marriage conference, but I was at the day of follow-up. And he part of what he did is he does something called family reconstruction. And so he had a married couple, mm-hmm. and they were very willing to do this. And it was in front of many people. It was very vulnerable. But he had them kind of take people from the audience and kind of reshape what it looks like, what it feels mm-hmm. like when the spouses have an argument. Mm-hmm. And then also to reshape what it was like when their parents had an argument. Mm-hmm. So for the, the bride, she got to kind of reenact what it feels like for her when they have an argument. It was very touching for her. She she had the woman, like a woman, kind of her stand-in, kind of get in a little ball on the floor. And then the husband was like towering over her with his hands on his hips. Oh, wow. And then Bob asked her, could you find some people and kind of re-sculpt what it was like for you as a little girl, like when your parents would fight? And it was it was like them, it was her reliving out her parents' unresolved mm-hmm. conflict and just their, her own ways. And and she found a woman to kind of be her son as a little girl. And she put herself as a little girl way in the corner with like her hands over her ears. Mm-hmm. Like, and just so you could see how, you, when you talk about wounds are a perfect storm, like the, the if, I think that's for most people, like the science of attraction and why we're attracted to people is never arbitrary of the subconscious things that happen in both beauty and sorrow. Mm-hmm. And so it was the, um, realization for like this married couple for the first time to kind of see the fights they were having wasn't just about whatever was happening. It wasn't about because he was always late coming home from work. It was, had so much more. And then he got a chance to sculpt what it was like for him where he felt emasculated. Mm-hmm. And then for him to reconstruct, like, what happened when he was a little boy. I just, it was, like, such yeah. a, and I just thought of, like, I mean, obviously, my spouse is Jesus Christ. But, like, in the conflicts I have with other people or just in my misunderstandings with other people, there is so much more happening mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. than what appears to be at the surface. And many times we're ta- we're fighting or we're having continued disagreements about surface issues when we're really what's there's something much underneath the of the, of the deeper longings of the heart that we often miss. And that's why it's from in my own understanding and kind of just my own experience also, but just with peoples, it's the repetitive patterns that are are the longest stories of our life that keep being replayed in different facets. But it's usually very similar to always the same things. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think too, like you would experience this with with the Lord, mm-hmm. like is your misinterpretation oh, yes. of his action or or perceived inaction yes. on certain yep. things that, you know, your story, your history, mm-hmm. which we all do. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. not saying this specifically to you, but in a particular way, I think that's yeah. how you experience mm-hmm. some of the the wounding that isn't really what the no. Lord is doing, yeah. but it can mm-hmm. be perceived that oh, way. Yes. The Lord is forgotten or yep. he's hurting me oh, or definitely. he's, you know, putting mm-hmm. me through something that mm-hmm. is painful and he's not listening, you know, or whatever it mm-hmm. might be. And so, yeah, what do you do with that when mm-hmm. you feel like that feels true mm-hmm. and how do you hold that up to who you know here that mm-hmm. he is you know what do you do in those moments well I, I I honestly really do I go to the Lord and say Lord this is what I'm feeling I feel like you've forgotten me or I feel like you don't care like mm-hmm. you're just unmoved by me like you don't care that I'm coming to you as your wife saying I'm really unhappy about this and I've been asking you for a long time to do I mean yeah. and I there I've had many conversations with the Lord about that and so understanding of going back to to who God says he is. Yes. And also, what am I believing about myself? Mm. And those those stories of like, I'm a burden, like that you hear those stories, I'm a burden, nobody cares about me, mm-hmm. um, I have to try hard to be loved, like nobody's going to take care of me. Those are stories from the womb for me. And so they're continually played out. And so mm-hmm. coming into those places of Jesus, you know, I, I feel like I know this is not objectively true because I know who you say you are. So whatever's happening it, you, it must be for my good. And Lord, if I need to do anything about it, let me know. But until then, it, just sitting with the Lord saying, okay, I'm just renouncing those lies I believe about myself and tell me, tell me. That, and that's very deep and exacting work. That's been years of counseling. That has yeah. been years of, and that is often my daily prayer of, you know, what's on my heart? And Lord, what are you saying? What's true? What are you saying? What am I believing about myself? And um, yeah, that's to me, that's a daily journey of holiness. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. And to allow him to reveal who he really is. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's very important. I know for me, like when I was getting married, I had a huge, huge fear of marriage, like mm-hmm. unbelievably, like crippling mm-hmm. fear. And I remember uh, my husband and I, when we were going through marriage prep, um, we're, I mean, we're extremely blessed to have um, Father Michael Scanlon. He was still living at this time, and he did our marriage prep weekends. And I, like Heather, we've told some of these stories before on the podcast, but I remember he met with us individually and then together. And, um, you know, I was so thankful for just the, his intentional way, how he really refathered me in a lot of ways. But I remember just being in the room meeting with him and just bawling, saying, I don't think I can do this. Mm-hmm. I really don't think. And it wasn't my doubt of Chris. It wasn't the doubt of myself. Mm-hmm. Because as we were getting married, my parents' marriage was getting, um, my parents were divorcing. Mm-hmm. So here I am preparing for sacraments and preparing for yeah. one marriage while I'm watching another marriage fall apart and see the train. I remember telling Father Mike, I don't really see that many happily married people. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I don't. Mm-hmm. You know, and, um, and I was telling Father Mike, what if he leaves? And my, my fear was not all the things. It was just this deep-seated fear of abandonment, oh, yeah. like deep-seated fear of abandonment. And I just realized, and, he, and, you know, Father Mike said to me, what if he does? Then God is still there. There's three people in this marriage. And just really realizing it. And I, like I said earlier in the, the series, like it took me seven or eight 
years to really trust it. It wasn't anything Chris had done. Yeah. It was all me. Like, okay, like mm-hmm. I just had to build that foundation up of time. It took time for me to learn how to really trust and trust deeply. Mm-hmm. And I remember when my parents' marriage was falling apart, I got the um, resurrection of Lazarus was the scripture I got. I was on a retreat mm-hmm. and it was a resurrection of Lazarus. And, um, and I was kind of like, <laughs> you know, Lord, where are you? Where are you when this is falling apart? How could you let this happen? And he said, you know, if you would trust and believe, you will see the glory of God. Mm -hmm. And the Lord just constantly brought me back to that. I think one of the things that has been very growing for Mm -hmm. me is marriage. I think one of the things that I delight in more is my marriage. Mm -hmm. You know, it has become this this safe place and shelter. Mm -hmm. You know, it's become, you know— you know, Chris and I could both say, like, we are extremely happily married, you know, mm-hmm. but it takes work. Yeah, It takes a lot of work, and we keep on going deeper. Mm-hmm. Like, we keep on going deeper in intimacy and growth and revealing yourself. But um, And it's messy sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, but it's a school of love, mm-hmm. you know. But I remember I was looking at him the other night when he was sleeping. This made me teared up. I'm like, mm-hmm. how much longer do I get with him, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Thank you. Because we've had um, his mother passed away, and I watched how his dad loved his mother. My mother-in-law had Alzheimer's, and she just passed away. And I mean, my father-in-law loved her so well. Yeah, I mean, so well. Mm-hmm. And it was just when you um, behold that kind of love, you're yeah. like, it, it does heal and it does transform. Yeah. And even asking Chris is one of six. You ask any of his um, sisters or his brother. What the most powerful thing was, it was watching their marriage yeah. as they faced, yeah. you know, in sickness and in health, the sacrificial love that he had, mm-hmm. the delight he took in her, even when she was not, you know, herself, like mm-hmm. could not remember anything. He would still just get so enamored. Mm-hmm. And when, every time that he saw glimpses of her and she would recognize him, mm-hmm. like the look on his face was like pure mm-hmm. joy. And I'm just mm-hmm. thinking that is a vision of marriage, yeah. you know? So with the deep wounds, there's deep delight, mm-hmm. you know? And the Lord just stressing me like, okay, one marriage may have fallen apart, but I'm doing a new work and a new thing in yours. And yeah. it's it's a beautiful work. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. yeah witnessing uh, faithfulness in love is yes. something so beautiful. It is healing to mm-hmm. see it, no matter who you are, no it matter is, what yeah. state of life you're in. Like to witness that is to witness the love of God, you know, Mm -hmm. which heals us. And and it gives us hope if we allow it to, you know, like sometimes we can look at that and feel jealous or whatever, but, but to allow our hearts to be moved Mm -hmm. by that in a way of like, Lord, like, let this really heal these places that have maybe lost hope that things can be restored. Because although I'm saying, yes, my marriage has been difficult and we've had to do a lot of work and we've been in counseling and, you know, all of that, like, I mean, we are still together 21 years, you yes. know, and we're we're not planning on bailing. And yes. I can tell you how many times I wanted to bail. But, sure. you yeah, know, you just, That's real. you don't, like, yeah. because yeah. we made these vows and, and they matter. And there's also grace yes. in the sacrament that, that so we true. have to pull on. And I think mm-hmm. there's also saints that God has given to us in our mm-hmm. marriage. Mm-hmm. I think he does for all marriages that like oh, that's an interesting yes. question to ask like who's the patron of your marriage yeah. and that there's guardian angels yes. uh, for your marriage mm-hmm. specifically mm-hmm. Um, and so to lean on those other resources oh, yeah. that are around and oh, yeah. and I've also seen you know <laughs> we were just talking about before we started this podcast what was the last time you cried like loud yeah. like just like mm-hmm. wailed you know and I'm like not really that loud of a crier mm-hmm. usually but 
But I can recall moments like, and all of them were connected to my marriage, where mm-hmm. I just wailed. And yeah. and I've also seen significant restoration happen, yes, like yes. in the things that I thought this will never be restored. Like mm-hmm. I'll never be able to trust again. I'll never, you know, we'll never have what what we had or whatever that whatever whatever you think at those times. But mm-hmm. yeah, to just see this miraculous restoration that continues to happen mm-hmm. and there's a lot more areas to go sure. and it's not perfect. And yeah. I don't think it ever will be perfect, mm-hmm. you know, but um but the Lord is working. Yeah. And and that's the key. Like mm-hmm. he's continuing to work. He's continuing to heal. And I do believe that nothing is beyond him. Amen. You friend. know the more open we become. I mean, it's not that God is going to do everything that we desire, Mm -hmm. but I do believe that if we're open, really open, and we keep going there and laying it down, um, that He will come Mm -hmm. and He will heal and restore. You know, I think it just comes down to like, will we continue to surrender it? And will we stay? Mm -hmm. That is so hard. Mm -hmm. Like I had to tell myself so many days, like, Heather, stay. Mm -hmm. Do not bail, even emotionally. Don't bail right now. (laughs) Don't run away in your heart or Mm -hmm. in your mind. You know, don't go elsewhere to be comforted. Like, stay here and, like, go to Jesus with the pain. Like, all of those things take severe discipline, like, within your own self. Like, to just be like, I will, like, fidelity and faithfulness in a marriage isn't just, I'm not going to you know, have an adulterous yeah. Relationship, yeah. sexual relationship with mm-hmm. someone else. Like, it's also in your mind oh, and in your heart yeah. and the things that you watch on TV or on the internet and and put into your soul, the, the desires that come and where you bring those desires. Yeah. You know, like, there's a lot of emotional chastity that, mm-hmm. that needs to still be held yes. within the context of marriage mm-hmm. um, to be faithful, to truly live out that vow. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. And I love this quote we have in the notes. Nothing cools love quite like resigning oneself to mediocrity. Ooh, we'll go Father Jacques Philippe. Father Jacques Philippe. And I think that a is a huge one yes. so in any relationship with your bridegroom, yeah. our bridegroom, our relationship with the church. Yeah. All yeah. of it is to mediocrity. Like you can go start going through the motions. Yeah. You can start getting complacent or comfortable mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. I don't want to grow in this area because that will disturb this. I don't want to have this hard conversation. I don't want to look at myself in this area where I know I'm not loving well and whatever, like what areas are we complacent, Mm -hmm. you know? Because one of the other things we have is love is enthusiasm rather than pensiveness. Mm -hmm. This John Paul II Jewelers Workshop and just this love is enthusiasm, Mm -hmm. you know, and that it takes work, but it takes like, like we were saying before, it takes fully alive. Mm -hmm. It takes, you know, wholeness to do that. It takes all of the attributes that we were just talking about in marriage. And if you have these intents and you say these vows on your wedding day, we have to live these vows out Mm -hmm. daily. And it is not easy. Mm -hmm. And it is so, I think, especially, I do think find it even more challenging with the season we're coming out of, hopefully, I mean, we keep on going in and out of the season with COVID, but, you know, like it does feel like Groundhog Day. So it's really easy to give into complacency. Mm -hmm. It's really easy to give in. And I just know the season, like um, one of our sweet friends lives in our neighborhood, a season of when you have all these littles and nobody's sleeping and the day and and the days run into each other, Mm -hmm. you know, just like really to talk to my husband, I'm done. Like at the end of the day Mm -hmm. when you're putting kids down and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. like it's just hard, Mm -hmm. but like how do we— like really just stir the fires of love. Yeah. You know? And and create 
and protect space yes. for that to happen. Like you, you have to set aside time for one another and you have to, I mean, mediocrity in any part of the relationship can be so destructive and it's so easy to let it happen. Like you just are trying to get through your day with so many other things that that often can be the thing that you leave, like your sexual relationship, your yes. emotional relationship, your date nights, like all of those things can just be like, I don't really have time for that because there's all these other things that are like right in front of my face. So we can, that can be later, later, later. Ooh, and then yes. it can be months and months that you realize I'm not actually connecting on a super deep level. Like yeah. I'm not giving my whole self here. Mm-hmm. I'm not receiving mm-hmm. the whole self of mm-hmm. the other. So mm-hmm. it's so important. Jake and I just had a chat about the date night thing again the other night. Cause we were just like, why are we not doing this regularly? Like we don't have a lot happening in the evenings. We're really busy and tired by the end of the day, mm-hmm. work day. I was like, we need to do this again. Like, let's get back to it. And he was like, yeah, why aren't we doing that? Like, sometimes it's just as easy as the decision. It's not actually that hard. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Because how you spend every morning with your bridegroom. Mm -hmm. I do. Coffee coffee with your bridegroom every morning. (laughs) I do. And that for me is such, I I mean, we laugh about it, but it really is like my favorite time. It's just Mm -hmm. like my favorite time where I just need total silence and just darkness before the sun rises and coffee. And I... I was just thinking of, you know, we're talking about faithful and honoring, and I was thinking of, maybe I would love to hear you guys what you think about this, but I was just uh, walking with some a couple that was just recently getting married, and we're just talking about the importance of friendship, mm-hmm. of like being best friends with your spouse. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, the philosophical definition of friendship is shared goodwill. And to honor, like to really honor, to honor somebody as a person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to when you talk about justice is, you know, a fruit of like religion is belongs to justice because it's giving God what what's due and we owe a justice to people to give them what what mm-hmm. is due as people and I, I would imagine I don't know if you guys have conversations like this but I would just imagine just there's just certain things in a like there's certain things in a friendship you just don't say to each other because it would be so destructive because once you say something you can't unsay it oh, and yeah. I'm wondering as married couples like you know because you're loving somebody who's a beloved child of God and and just the honor and the reverence of here's a person who mm-hmm. God loves and that they've God's given to me and it's like like working on the area of friendship and also honoring them and how do you like because I'm I'm guessing just like anything else in life you know we talk about relationships ebb and flow and just passion probably does and attraction just ebbs and flows but the bedrock of friendship of we're together on a mission and we're running toward the Lord together and you're my best friend no matter what and I don't know like and there's I would imagine there's some things you guys decided like we're just not going to say this to each other because it would just be completely destructive to the human person I don't know I would love to hear like, how do you guys build friendships with your spouses? Mm-hmm. I think for us, Chris and I had to grow into it because I think we started as really good ministry partners together. Ooh. But we had to learn how to become really good friends mm-hmm. with one another. Mm-hmm. And good. I feel mm-hmm. like in this season, like, we are really good friends, mm-hmm. you know. And, like, someone—I mean, he's my favorite person in the world mm-hmm. to delight with. And, I mean, he's the person I love doing nothing with, too. Like, yes, us walking exactly. around Home Depot is yeah. fun for us. You know, yeah. like, our—we um, walk a lot, mm-hmm. you know, but we've also had— it, like about the Father Jacques Philippe quote, like we have to make, we have three mornings a week, what we call our communion time, and it's mm-hmm. first thing in the morning, and we spend 30 to 45 minutes together, you know, just praying and talking and holding and all of those things, and it's been beautiful for our marriage, but I also think learning how to delight in one another and yeah. just laugh with one another. Mm-hmm. And, you Which know, is what friends do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and uh, joke with one another, mm-hmm. you know, just all those kind of things, which has been a beautiful process mm-hmm. for us. One of the things that was awful, as we said, we will, we have never thrown the word, you know, 
like, I want to get a divorce. Mm. Like, yeah. we, it, this off the table. Mm-hmm. We will not let, we decided that at the very beginning of our marriage. Mm-hmm. Like, that was just, that conversation is, we don't go there. Because mm-hmm. I think we say it, a lot of people say it as a threat or in jest or yeah. like, you know, like, I'm done. I'm getting, you know, it's like as an ultimatum or something, mm-hmm. you know, and we're like, no, that is just not mm-hmm. an option. Yeah. Yeah, I've had to think sometimes about, like, what would I hate to hear? Mm-hmm. What would I never want said to me? Because I wouldn't be able to get it out of my head. Yep, and yes. those are the things that I don't ever want to say. Like, yeah. you know, it's like treat other people how you'd like to be exactly. treated. There's some things I never want to hear mm-hmm. from Jake, and I, yeah. I just don't. Even if he thinks it, I don't want him to ever say it. And exactly. and so some of that has been good for me, like, to just go, there's just certain, I don't want to hurt him. Ultimately, I really you know, don't want to hurt yeah. him, oh, you know, absolutely. and I don't believe he wants to hurt me. Sure. Like, in everything that happened in our marriage. I don't think either of us have been intentionally trying to hurt each other. It is just messy. You Mm -hmm. know, there's just a lot of dynamics at play. And so, yeah, I think we, there's a lot we don't say on purpose Mm -hmm. and it's good. We don't name call. We don't, you know, like when we do argue and we argue, you know, like Like we just don't fight like that. You know, I just don't, I think it's hurtful. It's immature. It's unhealthy. And, Mm -hmm. and it, it's also common for a lot of people. And so just be honest, like it might be a place that you need to grow, but I'm like, there's just things that I don't want to be treated that way either. Yeah, I don't, I want to fight in a way that's fair. You know, (laughs) And you have to learn how to fight fair. That's one of the biggest lessons in marriage. Mm -hmm. I had to learn how to fight fair. Cause I, what does that mean for you guys to fight fair? Like, I I will do, especially at the beginning of marriage, I will do those under the belt things. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Like those little jabs that mm-hmm. like like mm-hmm. sucker punch underneath mm-hmm. the belt mm-hmm. like you're the like oh man like you're gonna go do this after you did this like you're gonna go oh. give a talk and you can't I mean I will like yeah you know, we're a little like, more passive aggressive oh, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah yes and I was like that is so wrong on so many levels on my part yeah you know I was like I had to learn how to fight fair yeah. you know and but we you were, didn't have those skills too like and, and I, I want to say that in regards to Jake too we grew up in very different households yeah, you and have to learn them too yeah. you, some people don't have the skills going into marriage Mm-mm. and so you do yes. have to be patient with one another and mm-hmm. and learn teach one another but not in a condescending way mm-hmm. <laughs> like how you'd like to be treated oh, you know, that, that, that actually really hurt me and please don't do that like, yeah. don't say that don't treat me that way yeah. and to realize conflict isn't a bad thing for mm-hmm. me I thought conflict is bad means someone's walking out the door like because yeah. there's a fight or someone's storming out or whatever mm-hmm. where actually conflict can actually grow connection and a yeah. deeper connection if you can work through it and get yeah. through the other like side the mm-hmm. yes the repair mm-hmm. was big deal so that was huge for me to mm-hmm. realize you know, mm-hmm. okay. I think um, something Jake and I have r- just tried to do also is to keep growing as individuals. Mm-hmm. You know, like we are in a relationship together, but we are responsible to grow yeah. ourselves. Oh, and so just continuing, I mean, sometimes it's through counseling, but just listening to other people who are experts at relationships, you yeah. know, or how to communicate better. Like these are skills that I want to be better at to mm-hmm. be able to love him better but other people as well oh, yeah. so I think there's a lot there that we can grow in yeah. I, I there is really no reason to stay stagnant yes. into where we are there's a lot of places that and a lot of opportunities where things can change mm-hmm. and that's important to know like I think the lie of the enemy is it's always going to be this way he makes these big sweeping statements yep, you know yes. like this is never going to change you always do this it yeah. always ends up this way gosh these are so loud in my mind sometimes and I have to literally just say no. I will not agree with that. Amen. Like, I will not. And I think mm-hmm. before they would come in, those thoughts, and I would be I, not aware enough, and I would just adopt them and agree mm-hmm. with them almost like mm-hmm. uh, it was almost like immediate, like that yes. that would happen. And now I'm like, no, I will not agree with that. That's mm-hmm. not true. Mm-hmm. 
And Lord, I needed to come with your truth right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. I think it's the continuous renouncing of what yeah. you will not come into agreement mm-hmm. with, and then the continuous affirming of what mm-hmm. is true and who this person is, yeah. and yes. that you coming together. And I know for us, I think it's also having other couples to walk with you. Yeah. You know, we've had some since we've got married, like yeah. for us, like the Georges, since we've gotten married, mm-hmm. and then another couple that we really, in this last season, walk intentionally with, where it's pretty much a no holds bars. Mm-hmm. Like we say the good, the bad, and the messy, and we are really good. And we know that each other is for the other's marriage. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. like I, one of the lessons like uh, Gretchen George and I started at the very beginning is if I come to her with something with Chris or she comes to me with something with Paul, we never um, belittle the other husband. Yeah, yeah. We are always for the other, for the yeah. other has husband mm-hmm. because we're for them. You know, it's not this we get together and be like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe he did this kind yeah, of like whatever, yeah, you know. Wonderful. And I think one of the beauties about being Catholic is the complementary of the vocations and gifts. Yeah. Like, I mean, for you, like, you know, we laugh like you are part of our marriage. We laugh as kind of our trinity. And then Chris's best friend is Father Joe Fitzgerald. We laugh yeah. that we have, you know, two of our closest friends are religious mm-hmm. and they're in and out of our marriages mm-hmm. and they speak. And mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm very honest with you about things. Mm-hmm. And Chris is very honest about Father Joe, the good and the yeah. hard with all the different things with marriage and parenting. But to see how you all love like how you love the bridegroom. We need each other. Yes. We need each other. It is complementary and just yeah. having a lot of religious in and out of our house, mm-hmm. like how our vocations really heal one another. Mm-hmm. It's you know? true. Yeah. Priests and religious sisters need good holy Catholic, like marriages, like mm-hmm. to be, and, and not like marriages that are, you know, on the surface, like perfect, but just like mm-hmm. to see, like I've known you guys both for so long yeah. and just hearing the beautiful stories of your marriages and the difficult stories, like it's given me such like grace for growth and like learning how to love like oh that's what love looks like I can't tell you how many times you guys probably don't know that like just listening to your hearts I'm like oh that's what love looks like because mm-hmm. for me it just looks different and then and that you know you see our our life of like that our ultimate fulfillment is Christ alone mm-hmm. like that ultimately it's God alone who is our our fulfillment and we when we're all when we're all faithful to our vocations we make each other stronger mm-hmm. when we're all faithful and you guys have spoken to me just the truths about women and about children and just like so I we need each other like mm-hmm. we we really it, there's a real atrophy when one doesn't have the other. So the both both of the image of, of God, mm-hmm. how he loves. And I think that idea of friendship, just to go back to that part that's so important, is um, that we can learn from other couples oh, too. Yes. Like I, I mean, Jake and I are very opposite in what we like to do. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, like I want to watch football with Jake, not because I like watching football, but because he likes it, yeah. you know, and then there's some things he'll do with me because I like it. That's something that we had to learn. It's like, it's not about what I sure. like or want to do. Yeah. It's about what will bring us together and yes, unify us. But we've also learned from other couples with yes. how they play and how they have friendship mm-hmm. with each other. I, I think we're better in community. Jake mm-hmm. and I have always said that. He mm-hmm. and I are both better people yeah. in community and learning from one, one another. another. You yeah. know, it, it is the most important thing. And I think for you too, like friendship with the Lord has to be at the center. Like it's oh, not yes. just obedience, no. although that's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just fidelity. Yeah. It's so important. Yeah. But the deep friendship. Oh, it has mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And you learn when to leave your husband at home to go to the art museum because it's not fun for either one of you. <laughs> and so, you gotta know when to hold him. You gotta know when to hold him. <laughs> yeah. So that's, I think that's the ongoing journey of just love. That's the ongoing journey of friendship. That's the ongoing journey of Christian life, Christian living. And this is what it, this is what it is. Mm-hmm. It's not always glamorous or easy, but it's worth it. I think we would all say it's worth it. Mm-hmm. It's all worth it. Oh, yeah. It's so worth it. Yeah. 
Yeah, so dear friends, as we kind of wrap up this episode, what, uh, Heather, Kim, would you like to show you one thing? Well, this is sort of a resource, one thing, uh, based on the topic that we're talking about right Mm -hmm. now. So Jake and I actually shared our story, the whole pornography Mm -hmm. issue, how that impacted Mm -hmm. our marriage, but the restoration process, very practically how we walked through that and the healing that occurred in Jake and how that was restored. So on Restore the Glory podcast, I think it's episode 35, um, we share about that in more detail and there's resources there that people on our website mm-hmm. but um also i think attached to that episode specifically that people can check out mm-hmm. yeah how about you and for me i'm just um going to list a couple of dif- uh, just different books that have been really good for me um just as resources for marriage one yeah. is our friend dr bob's be devoted mm-hmm. there's a great book by dan allender which i really love it's called intimate allies mm-hmm. and it's his book on marriage and a couple of others just really good resources on marriage to pray with mm-hmm. and to dive deeper into. There's a good one, Dr. Edward Sree. Sree, that's what I was about, oh, men. That he did on love and responsibility. Yes. I forget mm-hmm. what that's called. Men, women, and love or the something. mystery of love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. That's so, really good. That was a really great one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, mine is a tweet that I came across several years ago when I was working. I was trying to put together a talk for a youth conference. And when I when I did this, it, there was this tweet coming up in my timeline. And it's a picture of, and it, well, I'll post it in the show notes, but it's a picture of a mother and a father, a husband and a wife. And the wife is curled up um, on her husband's heart. And the daughter posted the tweet. And she said, my parents have been married for 34 years. My mom is in the final stages of young onset dementia, diagnosed five years ago at the age of 53. My dad cares for her full time. She doesn't always remember his name, but she knows she is safe with him. Mm. And if that's not true love, I don't know what is. Mm. And I often give just talks about this tweet about just it's like the epitome of the masculine and feminine genius. And you can tell she's sick. The mom is sick. And she's curled up laying on the heart of her husband. And her husband's just so big and strong as he wraps his arms around her. And the daughter tweeted that a month later her mom passed away. And just like the— like, I think we all want to love and to be loved like this. All of us wants to be weak and to have, like, nothing to give and still be cherished and cared for. And all of us want to be able to love and just to give the gift of ourselves. And, I mean, sometimes I'll say, when I talk about this tweet, like, I can pretty much guarantee you that 34 years ago, neither of them knew they were signing up for this. Yes. And, oh, absolutely. And, you know, just the, the fidelity of the husband to the end, even when she forgot who he was, he never— he never did. So it's just a great, just, and to this day, this tweet has over 100,000 retweets, got half a million likes on it, and people commenting from all walks of life. But there's something about the picture, especially mm-hmm. the people just, it's an icon, isn't it? it resonates mm-hmm. deeply with how we're called to love and to be loved. And, and that's the way Christ loves us. Amen. So people, if you want to see that, you can go to our show notes mm-hmm. um, on our website, abidingtogetherpodcast.com. Mm-hmm. You can check out all the things Generally. and the YouTube link because this yeah. is a video also. There's a video? This is a video oh, podcast. <laughs> Sorry, it's Remember that right now we're sitting in a studio with video okay. cameras pointed at us. Sorry, my dad, I died. <laughs> Sorry to our amazing crew that Sister Miriam forgot that y'all were here. Sorry. Right, so, yeah. It's just like heaven, you know, yeah, you just instruct all together. together. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, dear friends. And join, please join us next week for our final installment of our identity series and also our final installment on our identity as bride. So until next week, we'll be abiding together. God bless you. Have a great week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend? We encourage you to head over to our website, abidingtogetherpodcast.com, where you can find all the show notes, links to our one things, transcripts, group discussion questions for each episode, and beautiful mugs, t-shirts, journals, and prints on our shop 
There you can also subscribe to receive our weekly email with links to each new episode and all of the content. We'd love to connect on social media and invite you to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter so you can catch inspiring reflections every day. You're also welcome to join our private Facebook group and dive deeper into discussions with our fellow listeners. If the podcast has blessed you, would you prayerfully consider financially supporting us? The Abiding Together podcast is only available due to the generous support of our listeners. There are significant costs associated with creating this content, such as tech support, design, website, equipment, and hired staff that we need to be able to continue offering great content to you. Abiding Together is a nonprofit 501c3, and all donations are tax deductible. You can make donations of any amount through a website called Patreon, or you can send us a check directly if that's easier for you. If you donate $15 or more per month on our Patreon page, you become a tribe member and you will receive bonus content every month, such as short videos, recipes, playlists, downloadable prints, and more. You can find all the information about Patreon at patreon.com forward slash abiding together podcast. Thank you and God bless you.